Welcome to the MS Gym Podcast. I'm your host, Jody Feltham, and it's about to get real as we listen to the victories and struggles of our own MS Gym members. So let's dive in. Hello, MS Gym family. So glad you're joining me for another podcast episode. Today, we travel overseas to visit Julie Wake and learn more about her story. So Julie, so glad you could join me today. You're very welcome. Thank you. So Julie, I I said that you're overseas, obviously from Canada, America, Um, but whereabouts are you located? Well, I'm in the UK. I'm in the northeast of England. It's about probably 250 miles from London. So Julie, how did MS kind of show up in your life? It's quite a long story. I think it is for most people, I think. I fell down the stairs and broke my leg in 2006. Didn't recover terribly well, although they kept telling me that the that the break had mended and everything. And I thought, well, I'm not walking terribly well. I'm not walking terribly well. But I continued, you know, on my path and just kept going and kept trying to have physio and um, that sort of thing. Um, uh, it wasn't until, I mean, I, it, this is quite, a, it, it, I waited quite a long time. It wasn't until 2018 that um, I was at a, um, a chiropractor and he asked me to walk and he said, um, he said, you look as though you've, you've got foot drop. And he said, I think you should go and see a, um, a neurologist, get your, get your GP to refer you to a neurologist and let them have a look at you, and, which is what I did. And I was, I was diagnosed then, but it, it had been at least 12 years, probably longer than that, actually. Um, and when I when I actually spoke to the neurologist, I said to her, I, I, I thought this was connected to me breaking my leg. Um, and she said, no, she says, I think it's probably the other way around. I think you probably fell down the stairs because you broke because you tripped because you weren't hold carrying yourself properly. We don't know that. But, you know, that's what she said. She says, no, it's nothing to do with you breaking your leg. So, yeah. It was it was 2018 when I when I got my diagnosis, um, which was pretty uh, mind boggling and uh, felt like the end of my life, <laughs> as I think most people do feel that, don't they? Most people think that. Um, so, but that's when it was. That was it was uh, well, I suppose four years ago now. Four years ago. I mean, I was quite you know, I, I mean, I'm, I'm 61. So I was 57 when I got my diagnosis, but I'd obviously had it for quite a long time before that. Quite late onset thing, really, you know. So your so your diagnosis uh, was kind of atypical, obviously. Like you said, it was kind of a bit later, like most, many people are diagnosed around 30. But the mm-hmm. curious part about, about your story is, is, you know, you talk about this leg break in 2006, and then it's 12 years later, 2018, when you're actually mm-hmm. diagnosed. There was 12 years is such a large span of time. So obviously it is, yes. That yeah. you were you coped well, like the fact that you you know, it wasn't until the chiropractor said something about your about your gait and the way you walked. You yeah, know, for I, those I, 12 I, years, your mobility must have been uh I was okay. Effective. I was okay. I felt um again. I kept, I, I did keep tripping up and falling down. Um, I used to take the dog out for a walk and I was constantly tripping over um, stones and 
twigs and branches and things like that. And I just, I've always been quite a clumsy person. So I thought I'm just more clumsy and I'm just not um, holding myself properly and all this sort of thing. I used to fall down all the time and I used to get very, very angry with myself mm. for falling down all the time. And then it was then that I discovered that it was because of my foot drop that I was tripping. Was that ever on, like, obviously this diagnosis was something you weren't expecting. It was something kind of foreign to you, but MS is actually fairly common in the UK. Yes, it is. Yeah. I mean, I do, I, yes, I do know, I do know about it. You know, I, I remember, I remember reading about it or seeing something on the television about somebody, I can't remember who it was now, somebody famous who was diagnosed with MS and people had thought that he was drunk um because his words were his speech was slurring and this sort of thing and everything so I knew about it and I knew a little bit about it and I think when occasionally one or two people um looked at looked at me looked at me for MS it's like um physios and people like that and I remember saying to them you think I've got MS I haven't got MS I've got because I've got no problems with my upper body my arms my neck, my head, not, not, I've got no problems with that. It's just my legs. So it's got to be something to do with my, um, breaking my leg and falling down and this sort of thing. But I didn't realise that it can be so, I didn't realise then that it can be so very variable, that everybody's different. Everybody has different, uh, different circumstances, different symptoms. When, when I was diagnosed, I, thought, I felt like a death sentence. It, it, it felt like it was a real... It was like, you know, that's the end of my life, you know, because I thought everybody ends up in a wheelchair. Everybody probably dies early or or this sort of thing. And now I realize now that that's not the case at all, that it, everybody is different and everybody has different symptoms. You know, it's very true. You know, they always say that you know, MS is a snowflake disease because everyone's MS is so different. And everybody's different. Every, yeah. Everyone has different symptoms and everyone responds to uh, different things and different stimulus and different medications and different diets. And so, you know, mm -hmm. it can be so hard to pinpoint it. And sometimes it feels like, um, sometimes it can be like the blanket diagnosis. Like it starts, you know, someone may have some sort of health issues and it starts off, oh, maybe you have MS and, you know, maybe it will be MS or maybe it'll be something else, but it's something else. It's, yeah. it's so common in Canada where like the number one for population in the world, I know UK is is right up there too. But it's it's MS. by far the most common in countries where it's cold and you don't get any sun and this sort of thing, yeah. isn't it? Yes. Um, so yes. So the no northern yeah northern America, northern Europe. Um, you know, you you hardly ever hear of it in Africa and Asia. You know, most most of Asia and sort of it does tend to be places. Like you don't get any sunshine over you know it's so interestingly because they don't know the cause exact cause of ms but it was interesting when i i was actually living in india when i started having my first ms symptoms which is it's mm -hmm. because ms wasn't a big thing in india because again sunshine all no. the time um but now it's becoming more and more common and so it's interesting to think about, you know, the different causes and maybe it's not just one root cause. Maybe there's many causes. Oh no, no, I'm sure why, it's not. Why no. it's becoming worldwide now, not just, you know, the no sunshine, uh, the no sunshine places. Now I wanted to go back to a statement you made. You, you referenced it one or two times 
And, and I think it, it's echoed by so many of us when we're diagnosed, it feels like a death sentence. And mm-hmm. um, for myself, I really did feel I was 30 and I felt like basically I was going to be alone for life and no one would accept mm-hmm. me mm-hmm. and this diagnosis. And so I think the words you said, it felt like a death sentence are mm-hmm. something that will really resonate with the, the listeners of this, because I know we've all felt that in our own heart. Yes, um, it definitely felt like my life was over. Yes, it really did. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's so hard. And, and the whole thing is you were saying about everyone's disease, disease is so different. And, mm-hmm. you know, some people, the, the way that it progresses, they do end up in a wheelchair or they end up in assisted living or for other people, mm-hmm. you know, MS is just a small blip on the, on the radar of their life. Right. It just, it might just be a diagnosis and yet it, it, it doesn't hinder many things in life. Doesn't really affect them very much. Yeah, no. and then and then yeah. there's other people that have pretty progressive MS that, you know, that are limited, and yet they've they've learned to to work with, you know, what their body will allow them to do, and they've actually mm-hmm. lived very healthy and and productive lives. You know, even even mm-hmm. the obstacle of MS. I think one of the main benefits of the MS gym obviously the exercise but also the community we have knowing that we're not alone because that diagnosis Mm -hmm. is scary and it's ugly and it's compounded when we are alone in the in the struggle and the journey and and oh yes absolutely anyone that understands Mm -hmm. what we're going through so how did you end up getting connected with the MS gym I'm a member of another group of MS people. I follow a diet and a program. It's called Overcoming MS, which is quite quite a um, well known thing. And I've got a. It's to do with diet and and meditation and and this sort of thing. And I met a couple of people through that. And one lady I met, I spoke to, and she said, she said, I found this thing called the MS. I said, well, yes, I've seen that, but I don't really know what to do. And she said to me, she said, well, what you need to do is you need to have a look at the actual program itself because you can um you can start at the beginning and then work your way through it and see you see what suits you and what doesn't suit you so that that was when I joined the program and uh, yeah about yeah about 18 months ago something like that that's great yeah. I'm glad that um that one of your friends or your your acquaintances online I mean she's she's she does the MS gym as well so you know, the, the two of us, we sort of swap stories. So you said you were diagnosed kind of later, later in your, like your mm-hmm. late 50s. Um, what kind yeah. of work did you used to do? What, what kind of work did I used oh, to like do? Like a career, were you? A career. Uh, um, well, I'm a, I'm a, oh, I was an accountant. I had worked um, full-time for quite a few years, went part-time when, I, when my kids were a little bit older and, um, and, after about oh, 2014, 15, started working from home. I was working three days a week from home. So yeah, I um it it, it didn't it didn't stop me doing my work. You know, the problems I was having didn't stop me doing my work. Um, although sitting in a chair typing on a computer is probably not a good idea for <laughs> you know to, to be doing that all day but uh, yeah that's what I did yeah okay okay so you're now you're now happily retired then yeah I mean I suppose I think I um sort of jumped at retirement 
when I got my diagnosis. I think it was that was part of my um, reaction to it. I'm quite happy to be retired. Okay. Now, um, in the members only corner in the in the MLC, uh, what a Facebook group we have for paid members. Julie is actually a very active uh, participant, and she loves to post about. <laughs> About, about no, in a, in a good way. We get to know a bit more about you, about your different walks and your different places mm -hmm. in travel. And mm -hmm. I have to say, probably uh, one of your greatest motivations, I think, is your grandson. My grandson. Yes. Love posting yes. pictures. He is so cute. Um, and I think he probably yes. motivates you to keep moving. And I know it, he keeps you busy too, right? You babysit, you know, every week. Or him. we we look at we look after him one day a week. How old is he now? He's just over a year. He's just okay. over a year old. Um, so um, it's it's actually quite difficult. I, I find it quite difficult. My husband obviously is much fitter and more active than I am. Uh, he And he loves to take him out for a walk. But I because I can't take him out for a walk, because I can't, you know, push his buggy or, you know, walk with him, or, or do, I find that very frustrating and really a little bit, I find it difficult very difficult um but you know i can play with him i play with him on the floor and this sort of thing and uh we still have fun but i i, I find that tiring as well it's still it's still great i'd, I'd love to be able to do more with him mm. yeah yeah it's it's frustrating when when the things you think you should be able to do that you want to do seem like a challenge mm. to you and i mm. hope that you know on those on those rough days you know when you you know, you're not motivated to exercise. I hope that, you know, that kind of sparks some motivation in you. Like, and I, I, you know, I know he's, you said he's only just over a year, but I think, yeah. I think in time as he matures and, and grows up, he'll see, you know, the, the gifts that you gave him with your, with your time and your energy, you know, he'll be able mm -hmm. to, you know, that grandma, you know, did all this for me and, uh, mm -hmm. and, you know, be proud of you and, and, and feel special himself that well you know, you yeah, i hope so i'm sure i hope so i hope so yeah it's yeah. uh he, he, he does love to sit in my wheelchair sometimes i sit in the wheelchair i don't use the wheelchair all the time but i use the wheelchair sometimes when we go out for a walk and he'll sit on my knee in the wheelchair and he's all strapped in and everything and he really enjoys that <laughs> no that's good now um we i mentioned about some of your posting and and i've seen kind of the evolution of your mindset uh, kind of happening, you know, obviously the frustration when you can't move the way you want to, or maybe walk mm -hmm. the distance uh, that mm -hmm. you want to walk. But I've seen, you know, this, this evolution of your posts and, and how you've come to a place like you, you say, okay, I'm going to go for a walk and I'm going to use my trekking poles as long as I can. And then you, sometimes you get discouraged because you couldn't do as long. And then and mm -hmm. then you you grew to a place where you said, okay, well, I'm going to go for a walk. Uh, my husband's going to bring the wheelchair. So if I need it, so mm -hmm. I can do my walk, I can rest if I need to. And if I, if I have more energy, then I can walk again. And it's just, it's, it's obviously at, at 60 years old, you're, you're mature, but it's, it's an in interesting place in kind of your acceptance of your diagnosis and, and your current limitations just to, to, to be honest where you are and be in the present and say, okay, well, this wheelchair is kind of the backup, but these are the things that I want to do. And I'm using this wheelchair as an aid 
not as a crutch and coming yes. to that place oh, yes you, definitely yes. coming to that place where you accept that and you see it as a tool and not and not a burden i think i think that's a really important place to come in the diagnosis and in your journey is to is to accept where you are in that moment and what help you need without you know so many of us when we can't do the things we want we just say well forget it and we don't do anything but you know all, it, it all sounds very sensible when you say it and i know it's true and it, my husband was the one who um persuaded me to get a wheelchair and he said it's going to be great because we're going to be able to do every, anything we want mm. and uh, that didn't but that to, at the time i didn't feel like that was it felt like i was giving in mm. it felt like i was you know it was it was a, it was a step backwards now I recognize that yes, he was he was perfectly right, and that and you're perfectly right as well. That yes, I can now do far more things than I used used to be able to do, and I and I don't panic and struggle and worry that I won't be able to walk up up the road or up the up a hill, a little hill or something, because I know I've got now I've got the wheelchair and Derek can help me. He can I can get in the wheelchair and he can push me, and it is it's 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 it. It's empowering rather than um, something that's, a, you know, it's a step backwards. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting, kind of like, you know, we talk, you know, the whole saying hindsight's twenty twenty, and you look back, mm -hmm. like even about your, your diagnosis and you're breaking your leg and all these falls, like looking back, you can see all these things, all the dots kind of connect. Mm -hmm. And, and this whole thing about using mobility aids to bring about more freedom, which seems kind of the opposite. But I think it's kind of an individual thing that we all need to come to that place of acceptance, right? Yeah, in our own way, I think. In, in yeah. our own way, right? Because your <laughs> husband saw it that way. And I know too, like my parents, when I use the wheelchair or a scooter or something, my parents see it as I get to in, enjoy life with them and be part of it. But mm -hmm. I can get stuck in my own, my own mindset and say, this is not what I, I refuse to use these things. And then I miss mm -hmm. every opportunity. So I'm- yeah. Yeah. I'm glad. I'm glad that your husband uh, journeyed through this with you, and he saw the benefits. And I'm glad that you've seen the benefits now too of using these things. Oh, he's so clever. Everything, everything he tells, everything he says to me, I think yes, that's very sensible. That's very clever, and you know, and, and I'm not like that. And it takes me a while to put, bring myself around to it. But he, he's always right. He's always right. It's such a, you know terrible thing but he's always right <laughs> that's funny so 18 months in the ms gym we've seen lots of you know positive posts for you about you know your your walking you know some of your walking victories and and some of your recent travels around you know around the uk and you being able to walk further than you thought you would be able to mm -hmm. what would you say kind of has been your biggest victory whether physically or uh, mentally or emotionally since you joined the MS gym? What, what are you most proud of? Um, well, certainly I, I was, we went on, we went on holiday, um, on vacation in February to Norway to see the Northern Lights. We didn't actually see the Northern Lights, but we, we went on a boat and, um, and I was really, really scared of going. I was very, very, worried anxious about it thinking i'm not gonna i'm not gonna be able to walk very far you know it's gonna be snowy it's gonna be icy i'm gonna i'm gonna really struggle and 
and even within the wheelchair Derek's not going to be able to push me anywhere because it's going to be lots of snow and I was really nervous about it but it was the most fantastic holiday I had and it really felt like that was a victory because I you know I, I did stride out and I did manage to walk a little bit and I did I did manage to see all kinds of things that I probably wouldn't have thought I could see and I think I think it was very much a victory in my mindset as well um I, you know it made me feel so much better coming back um coming home we um I felt so much better for having done that and I mean it, you know that that definitely felt like a victory to me I mean it wasn't specifically to do with the MS gym but I think as a inst uh Except the it was the it was the mindset that I'd got from the MS gym, from Trevor and from various other people as well um, that made me feel like I could do it. Um, I really didn't want to do it. Uh, I, I was very scared, but um, yeah, my mindset's cha definitely changed, and I think that's made made a huge difference. I mean, I've had a few, you know, small victories with my walking and this sort of thing, but certainly. Changing my mindset, I think, is is the, is the main thing so far. Anyway, you know, that's that's fantastic, and I think I think so much. Obviously, you know, we want our bodies to move the way we want them to, but our minds mm -hmm. gives us perspective on on the whole, the bigger picture of everything, and you know, mm -hmm. our mindset about our diagnosis and you know our our potential current struggles and things like that. But our mindset. Uh, really dictates what our body does too. If if our mindset's in the in the mm -hmm. gutter, it doesn't matter that you know our legs should pick up or whatever, but our our bodies might not not do it at all because our mindset tells us that we can't. So I think I think that trip sounds so fantastic, and that you created oh, like, great. A, lot of, yeah. a lot of memories. And mm -hmm. like you said, you saw a lot of things that you probably wouldn't have been ever able to see had you not you know, put yourself in that position of mm -hmm. uh, being willing to kind of go with the flow and just um, live in the moment of that, of that time. I just know that the next time we decide to go on holiday, to go somewhere on vacation, we, um, I, I will think back to that time and try not to get too anxious about, I, I probably will still get anxious, but I'll try to sort of look at, on the positive side and that sort of thing. So I think that's, it has made a huge difference, the, you know, the, your mindset, as we say, you know. That's good. And it's good that you have this positive experience to build on. So it's like you mm -hmm. said, next time you travel, mm -hmm. you'll be able to reflect back and, you know, kind of ground yourself and see all the things that you were able to do. Mm -hmm. um, and that, you know, obviously the concern and the worry is there, but you'll be able to see the things that you did overcome in it. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. So what do you do on kind of those hard days? And obviously we all have differing MS can be so different, you know, moment to moment, but day by day, what do you, what do you tell yourself on those really hard days when your body is just not joining with you at all? Um, well, I tend to get very frustrated and very angry with myself. <laughs> and then, then I have to tell myself that uh, and again, my husband again tells me, he said, this is, this is, you were really great yesterday. You might be really great tomorrow. Um, you have these bad days and, um, you know, we'll just have to get through it and this sort of thing. And um, 
and so yes, I, I meditate a lot. I do a lot of mindfulness, um, which helps me as well. Um, it you know because it, it sort of ta effectively takes me out of myself, mm. sort of thing. It stops me because you, you you worry so much about things, or you or you focus on certain problems that you've got. Why can't I pick my foot up today? Why can't I? Why keep do I keep falling down all the time and everything? And uh, and meditation I think helps an awful lot with that. Um, you know you, you just because you you do get very obsessed with these things. Well, I do anyway. Um, yeah, I just, I suppose I just have to think, well, tomorrow's another day. It sounds like you've learned different tools that work really well in your life. Like you said, one of the tools of mindfulness and meditation, it sounds like you use mm -hmm. that to really help you move from kind mm -hmm. of a place of not wanting to move and kind of sadness or despair to a place of seeing kind of the bigger picture of, of your story in your life. So mm -hmm. I think, I think we all need to find, you know, different tools and, and for each person, those tools will look different, but I'm glad that you have something in your life that helps you. And, and it's wonderful, you know, to hear about the support of your husband. It really sounds like he helps ground you in things and that he's a part of your journey with you. Oh, he really does. Yeah. Oh, it, it would be much more of a struggle without mm -hmm. him. Yeah, definitely. That's wonderful. So what, what are your goals and aspirations like for your, for the future, for whether it's like a short-term goal or a long-term goal, like what do you, what, what gets you going on those tough days saying, oh man, I would love to be able to do this. Um, most of it surrounds what I can and what I can't do with my grandson. I would love to be able to go out for a walk with him and push him in his, uh, his buggy, his, um, uh, I don't know, what do you call it? a stroller, sorry. Yes, it is, um, uh, and, and push him myself, rather than having to be pushed in the wheelchair. I'd love to be able to do that. And I'd love to be able to, I, I really would love to be able to carry him about the, about the house. And I can't do that because I don't feel um, secure enough. Um, and I, that's, that, that really is the only thing that I want to be able to do. I want to be able to walk better so that I can take my grandson out and do various things to them, push him, push him in a swing or, you know, take him on a, on a slide so that he can go down the slide and, and this sort of thing. Um, I mean, I know the whole, the whole thing, it's all, it's all the same, but I mean, I want to be able to walk. I want to be able to walk better than I can now. I can walk but I want to be able to walk better than I can now and that and um, that's really only the main the, the main thing that I want to do this is it that's it really so Julie I, I love the goals that you have and they have such deep meaning obviously for you and mm -hmm. obviously when your grandson gets older they'll have a lot of deep meaning for for him as well knowing that you know, you press play on your exercise every day and you strive to get stronger so you can engage more with him. And, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I have to say though, like, you know, how you were talking about, you know, your grandson, he loves sitting on your lap, you know, when you get pushed in the wheelchair, like mm -hmm. your, your, your grandma or your Nana, whatever, whatever term in the, in the UK you go by, but is it? I'm Nana. Pardon? I'm Nana. I'm Nana Julie. That's what I am. Nana Julie. 
<laughs> you know, it's interesting. Children don't necessarily, when they're young, they don't see, you know, we're so blinded sometimes by our accessibility aids. Children don't see things like that. No, like they just no, they see, don't. No, they, don't. they just they see love and they see support and they see quality time right and so mm -hmm. so obviously as he gets older i think looking back he'll be able to see all the the effort you made all the all the intention you had to engage with him in, in whatever way that you could so so i wish you all the best in those goals and i always say Thank to you. my podcast guests that i love you know i look forward to seeing you know victory stories of them achieving you know the things that they want to achieve or working mm -hmm. towards it and so I know myself and now all the members of the MOC will be looking forward to seeing you with a picture even if it's just for a few steps you pushing that trolley uh with your grandson in it so mm -hmm. Julie thank you for joining me today I appreciate your time and and sharing more about your journey and your story with MS and like I said I look forward to seeing uh your posts uh, in the MOC. I hope I didn't embarrass you. We're, we're always no, glad no. to see your posts and, and your and your uh, walking um, your walking past and your travel journeys and obviously your your beautiful grandson as well. So yes, so thank, thank you. you again, Julie. Well, thank you very much. Thank you. Do you want to give a voice to your own story or learn more about the MS gym? You can check us out at the msgym.com.